Hi, I'm Tobias Harris, Senior Fellow for Asia at the Center for American Progress in Washington, D.C. Uh, joining me today is James Brown, Associate Professor of Political Science at Temple University of Japan, to talk about Japan's surprisingly bold response to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. James, I was hoping, you know, you are you are a, a noted observer of Japan's relationship with Russia, and I was hoping you could talk to us a little today about what exactly Japan has done this time around um, in its in its response to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Yeah, thanks very much. So uh, I think the way to categorize this is that this has been really very bold by Japan's standards. So what we've seen is Japan joining uh, a number of these sanctions, including personal sanctions on Putin and some other members of the Russian elite, uh, also uh, joining the restrictions on SWIFT to exclude uh, certain Russian banks from that system. Added to that, freezing the assets of uh, the Russian Central Bank and some other of those institutions. And we've also seen some significant support for Ukraine, including uh, a loan of 100 million US dollars, also some humanitarian aid in the same uh, region. And the most recent step in that regard has been uh, Japan announcing that it's going to uh, provide support to accept uh, Ukrainian uh, refugees. So it has been quite significant. Tobias, in, in your view, uh, what accounts for this uh, unusual boldness from Japan? Well, I mean, I'm gonna I'll rattle off a list, and maybe you can you can tell me what you think in terms of where the priorities are in this. I mean, I th I think well, first of all, I mean, this this time is very different than in 2014, right? And even in the response of other countries, this time clearly is very different. Uh, the 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 scale of the invasion is different. Uh, the degree of the violation and and the sense that it's a transgression of international law is significantly different. And so I think to, you know the, Japan to some extent is just respi responding to the urgency and the urgency that it's seeing from its partners. You know, it's very much trying to keep uh, a pay, keep a pace with and in lockstep with uh, the U.S. and its other partners in the G7. And so I think that's part of it. I think another part of it is I think the extent to which you know the Biden administration was working for weeks, if not months, before. Uh, the invasion actually began to ensure that Japan was included, Japan was incorporated. I mean, it, Japan was not overlooked as part of this process. I think it was very much uh, recognized uh, as, an, as an anchor, you know, really as a country that was not an afterthought. And I, and I think that, uh, to some extent, has been a, a, a factor as well. Then internally, I, mean, I think, you know, maybe the most important thing is the fact that Prime Minister Kishida is not Abe. And and what I mean by that, of course, is Abe was very committed to building a relationship with Putin, saw that as a way to really uh, achieving a, a diplomatic breakthrough with Russia. Kishida doesn't, has not shown that he has the same commitment to that. Um, and he's also dealing with a situation, I think, where domestically different parts of the Japanese government, different parts of the LDP have looked at uh, what Abe's Russia policy failed to achieve and see this as an opportunity maybe to change course uh, and to push back against that. And I, I mean, I think the last thing maybe to talk about, too, is that everyone has noticed, uh, you know, or, or is concerned about the possible precedents uh, for China's behavior. And, and, you know, numerous people have pointed to, the, to what China might learn from what Russia is doing in the Ukraine or in Ukraine. So um, I think all of those reasons line up. I don't know where, where you would rank those uh, in your estimation, James. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. The one thing I very much spotted is that uh, previously in 2014, the narrative was very much in Japan, we can't be on tough on Russia because it will push Russia towards uh, China. Now that's completely changed. Instead, the emphasis is that we mustn't set a, a bad precedent that could actually embolden China. So I think you're right. That's a big change. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, the narrative around this um, is different. I think the other thing, and, um, I, you know, I was thinking about this the other day, too, is that when you think about Japan in 2014 uh, versus Japan in 2022, uh, you realize Japan's, the expectations for Japan playing an international role have changed a lot. And of course, that is, you know, due to Abe, you know, stepping forward in a number of different ways, where in 2014, he hadn't quite done that yet. His ambition still hadn't been fully revealed. And I think since then, you've seen Japan uh, take leadership on trade uh, in other international security issues. I mean, you see Japan uh, now looked to in ways that even in 2014, it was not quite really being looked to as, as a possible leader. And, and I think um, to, you know, in that sense, it's, it's to, you know, to Abe's credit, um, the Japan is now expected to not just, you know, follow the lead of other countries, but to really be up there at the front. Now we've got, um, go ahead. We've got, we're running. Oh, time, I was just going to say ahead. that um, in, in that area, also Japan has begun to do a lot more on uh, economic security. That's a big emphasis. And so perhaps, uh, these sanctions fit with with that emphasis. But I think also Japan can go uh, further. And I wonder if we'll see some more of that in the coming days. It's not as yet fully in line with its partners. It still has an economic minister for, sorry, a minister for economic cooperation with Russia, hasn't as yet introduced sanctions on Belarus. So perhaps that will come in the next few days. No, that's that's a great point. And, and I think it really goes to show that we're still very much, I, I think now we're we're sort of in unknown territory as far as Japan's relationship with Russia goes. I mean, this is really, you know, uh, Prime Minister Kishida admitted that basically talks about the status of the, the islands that are disputed between Japan and Russia are certainly going to be you know suspended because there's not really much of a choice. Uh, and so we, we'll really have to see what happens next. Thank you. Yeah, for listening. things are not going to things are not going to go back to the way they were uh, before under Abe.